Do you know that certain peptides can benefit those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? If you want to learn more about how peptides can help with thyroid autoimmunity and other chronic conditions, then you'll want to check out the brand new Peptide Summit hosted by Dr. Jenny Flagar. In fact, peptides play a huge role in helping Dr. Jenny overcome her Hashimoto's condition. To register for the free Peptide Summit, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash peptides. Thank you for joining me on the Save My Thyroid podcast, where I help people save their thyroid and regain their health. My name is Dr. Eric Osansky, and if you have hyperthyroidism, then you'll especially benefit from these episodes. If you have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's thyroiditis, you will also find many of the episodes to be valuable. So in this episode, I'll be talking about the relationship between hyperthyroidism and the heart. Without question, excess thyroid hormones can have a negative impact on the cardiovascular system. And in this episode, I will discuss these risks and what you can do to protect your heart when dealing with hyperthyroidism. Now, before you listen, I want to warn you that some of the information I discuss may sound scary and possibly even make some people think about receiving radioactive iodine or thyroid surgery. This, of course, isn't my intention, as I just want to make everyone with hyperthyroidism aware of the potential risks of unmanaged hyperthyroidism, as I can't stress enough how important it is to manage your hyperthyroid symptoms. As usual, make sure you listen to the post-episode chat after the outro music, as I'll expand on lowering thyroid hormones, subclinical hyperthyroidism, beta blockers, and natural herbs that can support the heart. And you can access the show notes by visiting SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash 109. Anyway, here's my discussion on the heart and hyperthyroidism. Welcome to the Save My Thyroid podcast, hosted by Dr. Eric Osansky. To stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics, visit SaveMyThyroid.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now let's head to the show. So in this episode, I am going to talk about hyperthyroidism and the heart. So let's first start off by discussing thyroid hormones in the heart. So thyroid hormones circulate the blood to regulate cells, tissues, and organs in the body. They exert several effects on the cardiovascular system as well. So thyroid hormones raise the heart rate and cardiac contractility. They improve the systolic and diastolic function of the heart, and they decrease systemic vascular resistance. Now, as far as excess thyroid hormone in the heart, So hyperthyroidism increases the risk of atrial fibrillation, cardiovascular disease, and heart failure. Symptoms of hyperthyroidism include cardiac and hemodynamic symptoms such as heart palpitations, widened pulse pressure, difficulty breathing on exertion, tachycardia, which is an elevated resting heart rate, exercise intolerance, and atrial fibrillation. Cardiac contractility as well as resting heart rate is increased by thyroid hormones. And cardiac output can increase by 50 to 300% under hyperthyroidism compared to that in normal conditions. So in patients with hyperthyroidism, exercise intolerance is caused by impaired ability to further increase the heart rate and cardiac contraction and to lower the systemic vascular resistance. And hyperthyroidism has been implicated in a 16% increase in the risk of major cardiovascular events. So cardiac arrhythmias or electrocardiogram abnormalities include sinus tachycardia, atrial fibrillation, and shortened PR and QT intervals. The most common rhythm disturbance of those with hyperthyroidism is what's called sinus tachycardia. So sinus tachycardia is a regular cardiac rhythm in which the heart beats faster than normal. 
an atrial fibrillation, also known as AFib. This is an irregular and often very rapid heart rhythm, which is also known as an arrhythmia. So in patients with hyperthyroidism, the prevalence of atrial fibrillation ranges between 2 and 20%, and their risk of AFib is approximately six-fold higher than that of healthy people. So controlling the heart rate is a key factor in the management of atrial fibrillation, and beta blockers are commonly used in the treatment of AFib in cases of hyperthyroidism, and treatment of hyperthyroidism is optimal for long-term atrial fibrillation management. So again, beta blockers can play a role, but ideally you don't want to be on beta blockers permanently. So let's talk a little bit about hyperthyroidism and heart failure. As untreated hyperthyroidism might lead to heart failure because of arrhythmias, cardiac hypertrophy, and increased blood volumes. And patients with severe hyperthyroidism can suffer from high output heart failure. In young patients with hyperthyroidism, the elevation in thyroid hormones is not associated with underlying heart disease, and therefore the heart is not damaged, which is, of course, good news. And it has been reported that cardiovascular diseases related to thyroid function can be further improved by treating the thyroid gland. So now I want to talk about subclinical hyperthyroidism and cardiovascular disease. Again, subclinical hyperthyroidism is when someone has a depressed thyroid-stimulating hormone, or TSH, and their thyroid hormone levels are within the normal lab reference range, and many times the person doesn't have any hyperthyroid symptoms. So several observational clinical studies have reported a relationship between subclinical hyperthyroidism and an incident cardiovascular disease, atrial fibrillation, heart failure, and cardiovascular mortality. So even though it's subclinical, still, these people are at an increased risk. Again, arguably not as big of a risk as someone who has overt hyperthyroidism, but still something you don't want to take lightly, which again, this is something I didn't know before diving into the research. I didn't know that subclinical hyperthyroidism can lead to an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. So let's talk a little bit about hyperthyroidism and hypertension, so high blood pressure. So hypertension affects 26.4% of the global adult population, and thyroid hormone does play a role in blood pressure regulation. So both hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism, so both elevated thyroid hormone levels and lower thyroid hormone levels can cause an increase in blood pressure. And the correction of thyroid dysfunction may normalize blood pressure. It really depends on the situation. And many people with hyperthyroidism have normal blood pressure. So when I was dealing with Graves' disease back in 2008, 2009, my blood pressure was normal. But again, that's obviously not the case with everybody with hyperthyroidism. So approximately 1% of patients with hyperthyroidism will develop something called thyrotoxic cardiomyopathy. And a cardiomyopathy refers to problems with your heart muscle that can make it harder for your heart to pump blood. So prompt identification is crucial as it is a reversible cause of heart failure and heart function can be recovered after achieving a euthyroid state. Euthyroid is when the thyroid hormones are in balance. And it's important to manage cardiovascular symptoms. And again, usually it's through antithyroid medications such as methimazole or taking a beta blocker. So now let's talk about management and treatments. So the conventional approach, again, involves taking antithyroid medication and or beta blockers. Sometimes just the antithyroid medication alone will help from a cardiovascular perspective. Sometimes a person will be given antithyroid medication and a beta blocker. Some people, of course, can't tolerate antithyroid medication, so they might just be put on a beta blocker alone. But 
as you know, there are natural agents to lower thyroid hormones, and that includes bugaweed, which is an herb with antithyroid properties, L-carnitine in higher doses, also has antithyroid properties, and then lithium orotate also can lower thyroid hormone levels. So in my practice, I use more of bugaweed and L-carnitine for their antithyroid properties. And then you might be wondering about iodine, or at least some people might be wondering about iodine. There are some people that want nothing to do with iodine, which I get. I'm very cautious when it comes to iodine too, but iodine in higher doses also can lower thyroid hormone levels. But again, it also comes with risks as well. Sometimes can exacerbate hyperthyroidism in those people with Graves' disease. Sometimes it can exacerbate the autoimmune response. So yeah, as far as using iodine to lower thyroid hormone levels, I would say it's definitely, in most cases, it should not be a first resort. I would look into the natural agents if you don't want to take the medication. And if you're taking the medication, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're tolerating it well, I mean, yeah, there's potential side effects, but everything comes down to risk versus benefits. And then also the herbs motherwort and hawthorn can support the cardiovascular system. So when I dealt with Graves, I took motherwort, but hawthorn also is really good. Then obviously the goal should be to address the underlying cause of hyperthyroidism. You want to find or remove triggers, correct underlying imbalances. So I was on the herbs bugaweed and motherwort for approximately nine months, but I've not been on those herbs since 2009. And that's my goal when working with someone. It's to, if someone's taking, whether it's the medication or whether taking the natural agents, those are just managing the symptoms while ideally you try to address the cause of the problem. So let's go ahead and summarize everything. So thyroid hormones exert several effects on the cardiovascular system, and two common symptoms of hyperthyroidism include heart palpitations and tachycardia. Again, I experienced both of these when I dealt with Graves' disease, and I commonly see these in my patients with hyperthyroidism as well. And hyperthyroidism increases the risk of atrial fibrillation, cardiovascular disease, and heart failure. Hyperthyroidism has been implicated in a 16% increase in the risk of major cardiovascular events. The most common rhythm disturbance of those with hyperthyroidism is sinus tachycardia. Untreated hyperthyroidism might lead to heart failure because of arrhythmias, cardiac hypertrophy, and increased blood volume. And both hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism can cause an increase in blood pressure. And approximately 1% of patients with hyperthyroidism develop thyrotoxic cardiomyopathy. And the conventional approach usually involves antithyroid medication and or beta blockers, although there are natural treatment options, as I mentioned, bugaweed, L-carnitine in higher doses, motherwort, and hawthorn. And once again, the goal should be to address the underlying cause of hyperthyroidism. And so that is it with regards to this presentation. Again, the goal was not to scare you, but in a way, it is to scare you a little bit because hyperthyroidism is serious and you do want to take the proper precautions. You don't want to have it unmanaged and that's where someone is at greater risk. I know some people are nervous. I mean, more than nervous, they're scared and that's why they choose to get radioactive iodine or thyroid surgery just because of what I discussed here and some people arguably don't even know about all the potential risks that I mentioned here. But again, if you don't manage the hyperthyroidism, there could be great risk. And again, not just cardiovascular system, it could also affect bone density. I mean, there are other risks as well. But of course, the focus here was on the heart. So the point here is not to jump to radioactive iodine or thyroid surgery because of the risks involved, but just be aware of the risks 
and just do what is necessary to manage the symptoms while addressing the cause of the problem. If you're able to manage the symptoms through herbs such as bugleweed, motherwort, or taking high doses of L-carnitine, that's great. If you need to take antithyroid medication and you're tolerating it well, then that's fine. If you need to take a beta blocker, again, I don't love people taking a medication, but if someone's doing fine on them, then that's great. Again, I'm never going to tell someone to stop taking a medication. And if someone is unable to take antithyroid medication, and let's say that the herbs just aren't doing a good job, the natural agent. So maybe they tried everything I mentioned and they don't help and that they can't take methimazole and maybe they tried even PTU. So that's where there are other options, which I discuss on this podcast. So I've discussed cholestyramine in a different episode. So definitely check out that episode. That is a medication, but that binds the thyroid hormone. And that's an option if someone is unable to take antithyroid medication and the natural agents don't work. And then there's low-dose naltrexone. That's also an option that's more hit or miss. I think cholestyramine is more effective. It's a little bit of an inconvenience because it's in powder form and you need to take it away from food, away from the other medications and supplements. But still, everything's risk versus benefits. And if I was dealing with Again, I dealt with Graves' disease. So if I was currently dealing with Graves, again, I would try to do everything I can to avoid radioactive iodine thyroid surgery. And again, that's my goal. That's why it's called the Save My Thyroid podcast. The goal is to try to help people save their thyroid. So again, hope you found this information to be helpful. And as usual, I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. So hopefully you found this brief episode to be valuable. I honestly thought I would go longer, but again, I said what I needed to say and just want to reinforce that I understand that after listening to this episode, some people are going to have concerns with developing atrial fibrillation, arrhythmias, even heart disease. But again, it comes down to risk versus benefits and safely managing your symptoms. Remember, I dealt with Graves' disease. I had an elevated resting heart rate. I had heart palpitations and I took action. Now, admittedly, I took action a little bit later than I should have. It's not like right when I was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism, I took the recommended beta blocker. I saw first a regular doctor and had a beta blocker prescribed, and I did not take the beta blocker. And eventually, I took bugleweed, I took motherwort, even though the antithyroid medication was prescribed by the endocrinologist. But again, there was a bit of a lapse with me not doing anything. And thankfully, everything turned out okay, even though my resting heart rate was anywhere between 90 and 110 beats per minute. Some people, it's significantly higher. But either way, you want to be safe. You don't want to go a significant period of time between when it comes to managing the symptoms. You want to take action quickly, whether it's the medication or the natural agents. And as far as lowering thyroid hormone levels. I mean, again, that should be the focus, getting those thyroid hormone levels under control, doing whatever it takes. Again, if you could do it through the herbs, that's great. If you need to take the medication or something like cholestyramine that I mentioned during the episode, that's fine too. Again, I was surprised about subclinical hyperthyroidism. So I still think if you have subclinical hyperthyroidism, it's not nearly as big of a risk as if someone has 
obviously elevate arresting heart rate. Most people with subclinical hyperthyroidism, it's called subclinical because the thyroid hormone levels are within the normal reference range. And as a result, most of these people don't have an elevated resting heart rate. And again, the risk will be lower, but just according to the literature, there still is that risk. So I'm glad I brought it up. But again, if you have depressed TSH, normal thyroid hormone levels, I wouldn't stress out about it. But again, it was good to learn that. And then just as far as some of the agents to help support the cardiovascular system, beta blockers, again, obviously they're not natural. So I hate to use the word support. They're really just managing the symptoms and there are potential side effects of the beta blockers. But once again, there is a time and place to take beta blockers. But if you're able to get away with taking herbs such as motherwort, and Hawthorne. Again, I'm focused on these two because these are more specific for the cardiovascular system. Bugleweed is an antithyroid herb. So again, if you have hyperthyroidism, you might decide to take bugleweed to lower thyroid hormone levels. But when it comes to the heart, motherwort, Hawthorne. Now, I should also mention, I don't think I mentioned during the episode, in some cases, you might just need to take either antithyroid medication or an herb such as bugleweed, because again, those are lowering the thyroid hormone levels. So you might not need to take a beta blocker. I mean, a lot of my patients, I would say probably most of my patients don't take beta blockers, but there are some that are an antithyroid medication and the beta blocker. And similar with the herbs, I did take bugleweed and motherwort, but I can't say that everybody needs to take bugleweed and motherwort or same thing if someone takes L-carnitine instead of bugleweed. You won't necessarily need motherwort. In my case, I took bugleweed and I was still having some heart palpitations. So that's why I decided to add the motherwort. So see how you feel while taking either the antithyroid medication or the bugleweed if you still have an elevated resting heart rate. Now, it might mean that you need a higher dose of whatever you're taking, but you could also consider adding an herb such as motherwort or hawthorn. And that is it. So that's all I want to chat about here when it comes to hyperthyroidism in the heart. And again, hope you learned a lot by listening to this and look forward to presenting a future episode. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver. And it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune modulating and adaptogenic properties, and is great for those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit savemythyroid.com forward slash liver support.